Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. I am Sal Nuzzo. Here with me is uh, JMI CEO Bob McClure. Bob, uh, lots to go through this week. Lots to cover this week. We have to first give a tip of the hat, though, to our college football teams in the state of Florida. Indeed. All four of them. All were, winners. Yes. All, you know, UCF, uh, FSU, Florida, uh, Florida State on the block. Miami. Uh, Miami. Uh, FAU, they all they all played really really well. So it's a good week for uh, the state of Florida. And, and an exciting week. I mean, mm-hmm. both the Florida and the Florida State games came down to the wire. Yep. Um, amazing finishes. Anything uh, surprise you in terms of any of the games that you watched? I was surprised. I really thought LSU would probably win that game in New Orleans. Yes, I, but, I'm with you there. You know, when you muff two punts and you get two extra points blocked, special teams matter. Yep. And so uh, FSU got the win there, and I thought Utah was going to beat Florida. So uh, I thought so too. Yeah. And then to have it come down so tight, uh, do you think Brian Kelly is uh, regretting the decision to go to LSU yet? The Heat gets very hot very quickly yep. in the SEC, and they're already openly wondering, at least on message boards, it's hilarious, uh, <laughs> if he's the right guy for the job. Well, because, I mean, FSU is probably one of the easier teams yeah. that they will face over yeah. the course of their schedule. I mean, it's just like they're going to get hammered oh, if yeah. they play that poorly against everybody else. Right. you got the SEC West. So, And then what's interesting is FSU and Miami and Florida all had good weeks. You know, Miami and FSU are going to play each other. FSU plays Miami and Florida. Yep. So, you know, it gives us a lot more to look forward to. Absolutely. Uh, I love college football. I love the fall precisely because of college football. And uh, so, question, I had been – a purist in that I was against the college football playoff. I'm not that against it, but I am against expanding it out because I think it takes away from the yeah. the, the the Saturdays in the fall. What's your take? Yeah, on? I agree. I think okay. it will take away from it. I'm you know I'm an SEC guy, and winning an SEC championship is a huge deal. Yep. Uh, so uh, it does take away from that. I don't know that going to twelve as opposed to eight, but. Six conference championships, six at large, one Power Five. Um, I mean, uh, one of the you know yep. lesser conferences. So I mean, you know, it, I think everybody's got something to play for now. And it's and it's a, a part of this whole. I read a great article on the the kind of the realignment of college football, right. which right. is the last realignment, which I didn't realize was about twenty years ago when the BCS came out. Then you had a realignment about twenty years before that. So it's kind of working in cycles, and so we're kind of seeing through. Um, the SEC expanding, uh, college teams leaving yeah. the Pac-12 or Pac-10 or whatever it is now, uh, kind of this uh, growth of the super conference. And right, so, and yeah. I thought what was interesting too is if you go back over, say, the last four years and you look at the teams that would have made, yep. it makes for really fun, good football. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, and I, I love it so much more than the NFL. It's so right. much better, at, you know. Right, and and finally it throws a rope, a lifeline, if you will, to the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12. Yep. Now they're kind of waiting to see what happens. So, All right, let's 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 dive in now. Sure. We've got the, lots to cover. The Biden speech. Uh, did you watch it? I did not watch it. I watched clips of it. Um, and I can't understand 
why, I mean, obviously there's a political calculation there, why you would choose to demonize virtually 50% of the entire country. Even, even if you voted for Trump and you don't like Trump, you've just been kind of backed into a corner where you say, you know, I'm going to, you know, screw you. I'm going to continue to support this man or this movement or what have you by virtue of the fact that the President of the United States has just called you yep. neo-fascist, quasi-fascist. You know, they're trying to walk it semi-fascist. Yeah. They're trying to walk it back. So I just don't understand the political calculus there, except that they're trying to change the subject on they can't run on a record. But but see, from a from a political strategy, it I agree with you completely because it seemed like the Democrats were beginning to get a little bit of momentum to stem what was right. widely expected to be a red wave. And then this hits. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the the kind of the narrative now has shifted to exactly what you're saying is that these people who Biden has basically said are unfit for, you know, the republic uh, and should be kind of you know cast off and 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 forgotten. It it becomes his deplorables right. moment, right? And and in in high definition TV, it's yeah. his deplorables moment. And and the the background, the use of the military. I mean, you know, it just it just re uh, reminds us what the double standard yep. of the of the media. I mean, can you imagine if Trump? had demonized half of the nation's voters or I mean they didn't even remember Trump wanted to do a 4th of July celebration with military jets and they thought oh he's you know they're the commander yeah. in chief is taking over the military and yet we have this with Biden and you get not a word from the mainstream yeah they, media. They, they they would they were likening him to Joseph Stalin right. and and then you have Joe Biden right. standing like lord knows what right. I mean just kind of it, just the imagery on that is an in-kind donation to the Republican Party yeah. for this cycle. And I think finally, you know, it takes, you know, the whatever momentum the Democrats had on, you know, the the striking down of Roe v. Wade, yeah. you know, that that kind of stuff, maybe some candidates particularly in the US Senate not as strong as that, you know, Republicans could have had otherwise, Rick Scott and Mitch McConnell are not getting along. I mean, the list goes on. All of that has been the focus has been now shifted to Exactly. This president and, you know, a speech he gave that was as divisive as any that has been in my lifetime. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, much it, like exactly. Robert Bork, like the Ted Kennedy speech yep. uh, on the U.S. Senate floor for Robert Bork, but he wasn't directing it, it at the American people. Exactly. He was he was actually trying to utilize an effective political strategy, which is to get people to imagine something it was wrong, but politically speaking, it worked. This, right. I do not believe this works. I think it backfires. Right. Uh, it is summertime. It is the heat of August in uh, in September in Tallahassee now. Um, what do you set your thermostat at at home? Well, uh, if I were a bachelor, which I'm not, I'm a husband of 30 years, it's usually around 75. Whoa! No, I am a bachelor. It never goes above 71. And No, I'm talking about during... The, wait, let me finish. During oh. the day, it's usually around 74 oh, okay. or 75. Okay. At night... I, I can't even tell you what we put it down to because it's it's, oh, it's so cold. So Julie likes it cold. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Like that's, yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I, I am a I am a a 
thermostat loving 71 72 tops i i've i would rather be cold and put on blankets than right. than you know be be warm in the house but if we were to be living in the state of california we would be suffering through an incredible irony, which is the power grid is continuing to have issues in California because of all of their atrocious policies. They uh, they send out word to California residents saying, please set your home thermostat at 78. Right. Do not charge your electric vehicles. Oh, by the way, we're also outlawing gas-powered vehicles by 2035. The irony in this is so rich, I can't even bear it. It, it, it is. And the, the, you know, the Greenies and the Green New Deal and the lefties who support this. I mean, I've said this before. We were told the population bomb of the 60s was going to ruin the earth. We were told that global cooling was coming in the early 70s. New ice age. The new ice age, right. We were told, I remember doing a middle school science experiment and walking around all the other science experiments and the the, the fear was peak oil. There was We're going to run out of yep. oil in 30 or 40 years. Then in the early 90s, it's 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 uh, global warming, but no, no, no. It's because they the hairspray, the right. hairspray right. in the ozone layer, the ozone layer, the Great Barrier Reef, polar bears, melting ice caps. All of that has been wrong. Yep, all of that is dead wrong. In fact, the the Great Barrier Reef is actually growing, and there was a recent study on that. And so. They have been wrong the entire 50 years this has been going on. They just keep ignoring the evidence, following the science, shall we say, yep. or or they move the goalposts. And you're seeing that play out in California. And as they keep doing that, more and more Californians and New Yorkers and Illinoisans leave the state if they can, right. and they come to places like Florida, Texas, Arizona, including in the greatest and richest of all ironies, Governor Gavin Newsom's own parents right. left California, moved to uh, Florida, uh, or or came yeah. and stayed during yeah. the pandemic because the state of Florida managed to protect people's individual liberties. That's exactly right. And what you're seeing is states like California, New York, and Illinois are quickly become bana- become banana republics. And the definition of a banana republic is one that has no middle class. You have the uber rich, the mm-hmm. oligarchy who can absorb whatever government throws. And they they won't leave. You have the 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 very very poor who can't leave, and the middle class leave. And so it is New York or California specifically is becoming a banana republic, much like uh, you know those those of Central and South America and to, in the past. And to your point on on the the kind of the shrinking middle class, this speaks to a, a policy that they are kind of about to pass in the state that so florida has a minimum wage that is growing to 15 dollars an hour between now and i think 2025 or right. something like that california is about to pass a bill that would mandate fast food restaurants and other specific establishments it could be as high as 22 dollars an hour right. So it speaks to the complete lack of economic understanding because when that gets implemented, prices rise, you're you're squeezing the middle class who can't afford it, they leave. The only ones left are either the uber rich or the poor who are getting completely subsidized by all of right. the government largesse. Right. And the, the it's the point you made, Sal, in your article in Spectator magazine, uh, which m- many of our supporters uh, have seen. Uh, you know, take New York State. Florida surpassed New York State in population. 
Uh, and yet their New York state budget is more than double the state budget of the state of Florida. And so it just goes to show you that we don't need government inter- intervention for economic opportunity and prosperity. We don't need government intervention, the IRS, the DMV, you know, pick your pick your poison. And New York has proven this. People are leaving the state of New York by the hundreds of thousands on a monthly basis. And and what is the governor of New York, uh, Hochul or Hochul saying? Right. They should leave. Right. Get out. They don't represent New York values. I mean, this is just what kind of the, the politics of demonization has gotten us to, where you have a sitting governor of a state telling her own residents look if you don't if you don't like it here leave don't let the door hit you in the tail on the way out and what do they do in those who can leave do That's and right. They end up continuing this cycle of they lose their their greatest resources, so they have to tax who's left, and it just perpetuates the death cycle. I mean, the Democratic candidate for governor in the state of Florida said the very same thing. He does not want people to vote for him who voted for Ron DeSantis. It's just stunning what we're seeing on the left— uh, and we'll see in November how it plays out. Which, which I mean, taking it to, to the Florida race for governor is so striking because if you think about the fact that I think it's like 375,000 uh, more voters for Trump than for uh, Biden in 2020, right. there are roughly 300,000, 275,000 more registered Republicans than yep. Democrats in the state. Charlie Crist has to attract DeSantis voters in order to win the race. I, I mean, first he brings on the the head of the teachers union as as his LG candidate, and then he says that it kind of. I, I saw an article in uh, National Review. I think it was Charles C. W. Cook wrote. Does Charlie Crist actually want to lose this race? I right. mean, if so, he's doing all the things that you should do. Yeah, he is. Speaking of teachers unions, the uh, you know the, you can see Randy Weingarten who's trying to yep. change the story, change the past. It's uh, sad. It is. Uh, you see, obviously, uh, Charlie Crist has chosen a lieutenant, the lieutenant, his running mate for lieutenant governor, who is the head of the Miami Dade Teachers Union, uh, and you see students in droves across the country, but specifically, we're talking about Broward County leaving the public school system for the third straight year in Broward County public school. Now, think about this: we've just talked about how many people are moving to the state of Florida. And yet Broward County, which is one of the fastest growing counties in the state, is losing children for the third straight year in the public school system. What does that tell you, Sal? It it tells me that parents who are moving into that area or parents who have been living in that area for a long time who have kids are fed up with what is going on within their existing school system. They are fed up with um, whether it's the results and the NAEP scoring results, whether it's the quality of teachers, whether it's the shortages of teachers, whether it's... Yeah, the curriculum, whether it's what's being kind of um, uh, infected into the everyday teaching uh, atmosphere, they have had enough and they are taking their kids out and no amount of 
um, uh, work by the teachers union is going to make up for the fact that their efforts have indirectly and directly caused this. Right. And you saw teacher strikes in Chicago. Now there's one in Seattle that, uh, you know, the first day of school, kids can't go to school now because the Seattle uh, teachers union has called a strike. I mean, it just has become a disaster for public schools. But I I gave a talk to a business roundtable about uh, two weeks ago. And I said, you know, all of these debates and discussions and who's right and who's wrong, all of these things go away. I don't really believe in silver silver bullets, but there is one silver bullet in education. It's school choice. Yep. If you gave everyone school choice, then you could go to a school that had CRT or not. You could go to a school, you know, your favorite public school or not. But the reality is the tax dollars need to follow the student and the parents or in some cases the grandparents, need to make the choice that best fits the needs of their child. Yeah, 100%. And um, to that end, as the state continues to expand choice options uh, year after year after year, it is, I mean, personally, my hope, I think another one of the silver bullet things is to... kind of limit the overwhelming influence that the teachers union has in the state. And that really goes to the heart of ending mandatory dues collection. Uh, uh, if, if If a person wants to join the union, that's great. They should have that relationship directly with the union, leave the school system out of it. Right now, we are using taxpayer dollars to collect and remit uh, union dues so the unions don't even have to do their own bookkeeping. Right. That's right. Moving on, we have, you know, again, talking about Florida, we have issues related to property insurance. Yep. Uh, the Joint Legislative Budget Commission is expected to consider a proposal to spend $1.5 million to hire a consultant, Sal, that would look at options for property insurers to get adequate financial ratings. What are your thoughts on where we are as we stand in property insurance today? One of the one of the things that that seems to surprise me about the state of Florida is that regardless of who you talk to across the spectrum, if they understand the issue at hand, they all recognize and admit that the problem is fraudulent litigation in the system. That fraudulent litigation has a root cause in Florida laws that the legislature can and should remedy. Um, You can spend a million and a half dollars on a study. You can talk about getting a new rating system for, uh, for the smaller insurance carriers in the state. You can talk about a host of things. But as long as Florida has one of the worst litigation environments in the country... We will continue to have this issue. It was 20 years ago, it was sinkholes, and then it was water damage, and then it was auto glass, and wind then damage. wind damage. And now it is, you know, it, it, it is just moved to uh, roofs, and it is at every juncture an issue with fraudulent litigation. So the 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 solutions are there it's just a question of having the legislative willpower to make them happen i do think to your point about property insurance you know we always talk about the great things that are happening in florida this is the one issue that could derail florida's economy and all yep. the good things that are happening here if we don't fix the um 
the trial bar situation or and and or property insurance in Florida. And this is an, the one issue that is like a the sort of Damocles hanging over our head. And given the level of population increase that Florida right. gets every single day, we already have this pressure on pricing for homes. So uh, one of the things I discovered as I was talking to some friends and, and neighbors, or you know, around my around my house and, and neighborhood, about their property insurance rates, is I discovered people don't pay as much attention to it because you get your statement kind of once a year. Right. It's buried in your mortgage. Right. If it goes up twenty dollars a month or fifteen dollars a month, they're like, ah, no big deal. But year after year after year. In about four or five years, all of a sudden, your property insurance is double what it was five years right, prior. Right. So it is kind of this uh, this lawsuit tax that's baked in. We don't pay as much attention to it. And then all of a sudden, it hits because you've got all of these uh, smaller carriers that are going insolvent. Right. It's, a, it's, it's an issue that we're going to have to deal with as a state. And speaking of other issues that we have to deal with as a state, we have the JMI's uh, amendment guide has, yep. was released. Um, for those of you who are listening and need copies of the amendment guide or just want to learn more about what amendments are on the ballot, you can go to our website at jamesmadison.org. Sal, there's only three, only three. on the ballot. Talk yep. to our listeners about what those are. Very straightforward. Uh, amendment one is an amendment that would provide for uh, relief or kind of limit the ability of the tax assessor's office to assess improvements on your home related to sea level rise or wind damage. So if you uh, live out on the coast and you build a seawall to help protect your home, that added value cannot be taxed on your uh, tax uh, assessment. Uh, second one is an interesting one. Uh, Florida is the only state that has this. It's a Constitution Revision Commission. Meets every 20 years. Uh, this would abolish the Constitution right. Revision Commission. Uh, and the third one is an additional $25,000 homestead exemption on property taxes for homesteads of a select cohort of first responders, public service uh, officers, and, and law enforcement personnel. So three, you can learn more about them, how you would like to vote yep. uh, at jamesmadison.org. Uh, let's jump across the pond for just a second. You, the United Kingdom has a new prime minister, Liz Truss. I know nothing about her. You know, it's funny. I, I, I read some um, conservative websites that called her potentially the next Margaret Thatcher. And then I read some other websites that said... No, she's just a a, a UN, um, you know, stooge globalist. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't really know. I think it's fascinating that they have uh, the the conservatives, uh, the conservative party have nominated the only three female prime ministers yeah. in the history of Great Britain. Yep, uh, and so I'm really interested to see what. Prime Minister Trust is going to turn out to be the limits of my uh, of my interest in the affairs of Great Britain are that of Harry and Meghan Markle and whatever drama is going on with the royals. Right. So yeah. Well, as an Anglophile, I love their politics and uh, watch as many of their shows as I can, documentaries and biographies. I want I want the President of the United States to go into the well of Congress and face the questions yes. the way that the PM has to do in London. I, I love think that. that's amazing. I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's yeah. great. And I've always said that that would be 
uh, a great uh, kind of aspect we could borrow from yeah. the uh, from nothing the else. No. But that one, I'm no. I'm all for. I agree. I'm all for. I agree. It. All right, so we are going to finish this podcast. Uh, taking advantage of our uh, wonderful communications and public affairs staff who uh, went out and patronized Crumble Cookies. Which until this very podcast, I had never heard of. It, it is a great uh, treat. Um, so we are, uh, we, we've got two varieties here. We've got French toast and everything bagel. Crumble uh, Cookies, as I understand, changes their flavors each every week. week. They have a very limited menu, but insanely popular. So we're gonna uh, as a, as a as a an item for this podcast, we're gonna give a, a whirl to these. So we, these this is French toast, French toast, and everything bagel, everything bagel, and they have crazy ones too, oh, yeah. don't they? Fruity like what? pebbles, fruity, fruity pebbles. pebbles. Yep. They they they've they've had some some wild ones. So we're gonna. All right, which one are you taking a bite of first? French toast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very savory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very French toasty. Yep. All right. Now we've got everything bagel, which basically Ma- looks like an everything bagel, but just kind of flat. This one scares me. Mmm. I like this one. I like this one. It's not as heavy garlicky as I thought it was going to be. You know when you go to a wedding or you go to a party and you bite into something and it's the complete opposite of what you thought it was yeah. going to be? Yeah, yep. That's the vibe I'm getting here with everything bagel. When yep. I bite into a cookie, I'm thinking sweet. I'm not thinking yep. savory. So I would stick with the French toast here. The uh, everything bagel is interesting. But not your vibe. Not my vibe. All right. Well, shout out to the great people at Crumble Cookies yes. for providing uh, a few uh, opportunities for us to um, uh, expand our waistlines. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Spill the Tea. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.